Hello and welcome back to Carlos Internal Monologue. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the Babylon 5 Season 5 episode, The Core is Mother, The Core is Father. So this is a fun little episode. Uh, it's it's a best episode, and it's uh, from his perspective. It's kind of like a view from the gallery where we got uh, a view of a different angle, a different POV. Uh, I would struggle to call it uh, a Lower Decks episode, because Lower Decks implies common people ordinary people bester and his two little side comp buddies that accompany uh, trainees that accompany him are far from ordinary um but they are very indicative of what the psych court is and how it operates um so there's uh, this essentially is like a standard murder mystery type episode um with Bester as the main character and essentially B5, all the crew of the B5, especially Zack, uh, basically just getting in the way. That essentially it's the reverse where it's, you know, Bester gets in the way of the B5 people normally. Now we see it from the other perspective. And there's a lot of little touches with the the Psychor uh, and how they're portrayed here. Uh, like, they've always been like, fascistic, like, all the time. I mean, even Sheridan calls them fascists are us. Uh, and we saw that creepy propaganda commercial back in uh, Season 2 in, in the episode And Now for a Word, uh, where it quite literally has a subliminal message inside of it, trust the core, the core is your friend. Uh, and we see here the Psychor headquarters is a very sterile environment. Everything has its place. It's very, util very utilitarian. Uh, the only thing that decorates it is various plaques that basically spout Psycor propaganda, trust in the core, uh, the core is your friend. Uh, and it, it, it's, it shows just how warped the Psycor is, that it, um, it's, it may have had a purer intention somewhere in its dark, you know, dark past history, but now it is so twisted that it basically perpetuates this sort of notion of superiority. It's essentially the Brotherhood of Mutants from X-Men, uh, where uh, uh, Eric, uh, a.k.a. Magneto, sort of uh, essentially uh, radicalizes all these mutants and basically makes them believe they are superior and teach them that they are superior. Because bigotry is not inherent in anything or anyone. It is taught and it is learned. Uh, and we see here how the Psychops are constantly berated. You are better. You are superior. They are only mundanes. Pretty much across the board, it is always in your face about that. Uh, and there's a, the sense of almost inferiority complex is a nice bit of irony that uh and we see that bester uh when he's talking to lauren really buys into this uh that you're special you're important because that's what you are the the, the idea that uh for all of this to make sense you have to be special because what was it for if you weren't special um, that all of this misery that, uh, that telepaths go through suffered by the hands of mundanes, um, all the, the segregation, all of the prejudice, uh, 
it had to be worth it. And to be worth it, you have to be special. That's the entire thing, is everyone's the chosen one here in the Seikor. Uh, and, and they kind of force this idea, the, I mean, hence the, the title and the slogan of Seikor in Season 1, the Kor's mother, the Kor's father, they sort of surround you in a family blanket. You notice, Bester is far more personable, far more warm and kind when he's in the Psychor headquarters than he's ever been. Because uh, everyone there is family. You're always open and honest with your family. And you're far more warm with them than you are with any other person because you know them very, very well. And as such, uh, that instills a sense of loyalty, a sense of belonging, and it further sort of cements that us versus them mentality. And that's the thing about tribal mentality. Is tribal mentality is easy. It's the easy road. It makes things simple. Us versus them. Me versus the enemy. And everybody in throughout all of history has conformed to some sort of tribal mentality at some point. But eventually you either you learn and you break out of it or you huddle down in your little safe space and you keep it that way. And we see that the telepaths are basically huddled in uh, and like, you know, quid pro quo, we are family, you don't go against the family kind of thing. Uh, and it makes their bigotry and their hatred for the mundanes so much simpler when they when they mask it in one of us is hurt, it's the family that gets hurt. Because who doesn't want retribution for their family, right? It's the same thing I said about the uh, uh, the death penalty when it was discussed in uh, Passing Through Gestimony that the justice system is based on vengeance, on retribution. Because we, as a society, firmly, especially Western society, firmly believe in that justice is handed out uh, duly and fairly to aid the people that were wronged. And that means if, you know, uh, father dies, son or wife or daughter or what have you gets to have their payback, their vengeance, their retribution. And so that's the way the psycho sees everything is through that family lens. And I like how um, with that comes this constant sort of otherness because tribal mentality is all about us versus them. If you can push the other away from you, uh, that means that uh, you can become callous, you can become bigoted, angry, you, you can hate them, and all they are is just a label to you. I mean, Lauren even says, I've never seen a dead body, not one of ours anyway. And, uh, and Bester even says, it's always different when, one, when it's one of ours. Um, the, the, this entire idea that we are different. And in our difference, we are special and important. And the, this is what comes first. You know, uh, the others, the mundanes, they don't matter. They're not as important. Um, and because of the low rate of telepathy, of course, they are a limited number, and that only adds to it, because the inherent prejudice probably means a lot of them die, uh, or ostracized, or persecuted, and that leads them to being defensive, and it's just, it's, or worse, it's snake eating its own tail, it perpetuates itself. 
Uh, this is a society built on fear and hatred uh, that perpetuates itself by propping itself up and say, we are better than everyone else. We are better. We are superior. You know, um, and it ultimately all comes down to essentially they're scared little children afraid of the dark. I guess it ties into that bully thing. I, I talked about uh, in Learning Curve that a bully puts on these airs of being this tough, macho person because they are ultimately deep down afraid. And that's what you have with the Psychor and the way they propagandize. Hell, there's a nice little touch where if you've ever been to an ordinary job, they have these training videos that onboard you. And they're always cleaned up versions of the job and it's always very um sentimental and just boring and poorly produced poorly acted but it's basically propaganda for the job essentially is what it is this job is so great so wonderful you'll be happy here and you get all this stuff and jms cleverly weaves this into the side cord narrative by having them basically in Psychop training, you have an onboard video where you watch a confession of a blip. And uh, he talks about how horrible his life was before he joined the Corps. And now that the Corps is here, he's got family, he's got belonging. It's essentially taking the classic onboarding training video of the mundanity of jobs and manual labor and mixing it with the brainwashing propaganda. It's quite clever. I also think it's interesting in that little bit uh, the the guy mentions that 42% of telepaths who leave the core die of suicide. Gee, I wonder why. Because imagine this. You are alone. You have no one to help you. Uh, you. You go on the run. The people, because they are afraid of who and what you are, you can't ask them for help. They will only push you to the side. The people that are just like you are hunting you because they believe you did something wrong. And so you kind of have a situation where uh, these people are backed into a corner. And what do you do? Uh, they can fight back. They can end it all now. They can keep running. Uh, but they know eventually something's got to give. And that stress and that validity of that situation just causes it to get worse and worse and worse. I also wonder if that number is skewed because I wonder how many of those are conveniently assisted by the Psychor. Because the Psychor hates when people leave their family. People like Bester, ironically, have a bit more of a kind heart that they believe in the family values and uh, every member of the family is deserve of love and care. Uh, which is why I say Bester is the monster who doesn't see a monster when he looks in the mirror. That he's an idealist, he firmly believes in his family ideology, he firmly believes in the telepaths, but it's a sick and twisted world of you. Uh, and so that was very fascinating to hear how high the suicide rate is among people who leave the Psychor. Um... The uh, and also notice how the psychor has a mothership hidden in hyperspace. Uh, and, and the entire idea is don't let the enemy know, they are actively prepping for a war. Uh, they know everybody knows the tensions are high, especially after the Byron stuff. Mundanes and Telepaths are going to go at it at some point, and the psychor normally do this out of sheer uh, advantage. 
in this coming war, but also a sense of superiority. So when the mothership comes out of hyperspace in the inevitable war, they can go, ha ha, you, you thought we were this little inky dinky people, we have this massive thing. Um, it's almost ego-stroking in a way. Um, one thing that, that uh, is also interesting is the way Franklin plays into this episode. Um, he points out that the Psychor could have uh, mis, uh, miscalculated and misread uh, Jonathan Harris's P rating. And Bester puts on there, oh, no, 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 the Psychor is infallible, it's perfect in every way, no problems whatsoever, blah, 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 blah. And of course they were wrong, because he has the uh, uh, the multiple personality disorder, which, uh, uh, you know, just like how in real life you someone can switch to a different personality, know a different language, or uh, have a skill that they didn't have before, etc., the P ratings of the different personalities are different. So the Psychor fucked up. It made a, it made a mistake uh, and misread Jonathan's P rating. But, of course, Bester won't admit that because the Psychor's perfect. Uh, and hell, the entire reason they're going after Jonathan isn't for any other reason except to keep the image clean. They can't tell the other security forces about this outside of a need-to-know basis because that makes it look like the Psychor doesn't have control of its own agents. Uh, and so the, they, they are essentially, you know, perpetuating this sort of mentality where the, the telepaths are a separate class of people. And when Dan's are a separate class of people, it draws that line in the sand, makes the tribe, and they perpetuate it on themselves. It's a big, like, ironic thing. Uh, and that, that ultimately is the, their, their kind of thing, is that because of the way they think, because of what they do, uh, they know that if they weren't here, they would be oppressed. So they basically take out their anger of that on the other people and are essentially becoming the very thing they hate. Um, because hate is so much easier than anything else. And as Franklin points out, when Bester gets off the, the, the table and, he, uh, and he's hurting and he's about to fall, Franklin catches him. And uh, Bester sort of jabs at him and says, you know, uh, that's the problem with instinct. If you'd known I was going to fall over, then you wouldn't have helped. And Franklin says, no, I would have. And even authorizes Bester to telepathically scan him to get confirmation. And Bester cracks a joke that Franklin is an optimist. The entire deal is that Franklin is breaking Bester's preconceptions of what uh, a mundane is. That uh, the telepaths believe it's our people and your people. Franklin is a doctor. He doesn't see things that way. He sees people. He sees people that needs help. And that's all he sees. And he doesn't believe in the stupid tribal way of thinking. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again with him. And so to have that uh, sort of presented against Bester is fascinating. Um, the, in, in the way they deal with, uh, with Jonathan is interesting because, uh, well, first of all, I like the idea of the multi-personality disorder, uh, affecting the P ratings. That's actually a very classic sci-fi concept. Very interesting. I could see it in a, in a short story, um, 
uh, very easily. And I, I think it would make a great sort of uh, hook in for, uh, for as a main character on some other uh, uh, setting with telepaths. I think that that's actually a pretty cool idea. Um, but notice the way when Jonathan's taken down by Zack and his uh, guards, basically Bester's like, no, don't hurt him, don't hurt him. It, he's so careful around Jonathan because he's family. But then that's contrasted with Bryce, who was Jonathan's sort of accomplice in this entire ordeal, who Lauren just actively flushes out the airlock in the middle of hyperspace, letting him die in the middle of nowhere to never see anyone or anything ever again, to be lost in some weird, you know, psychedelic hell that is hyperspace. And she did it not only because she has been brainwashed, and we see that she, uh, you know, both her and Chen show full signs of brainwashing uh, and full belief in the core, but her more so than Chen, uh, that she's so but bought into the us versus them mentality that taking a mundane life is nothing to her. And Bester even compliments her and says, well, you may be a psychop material after all, because she was willing to do this. That sort of inherent sadism of uh, that comes with that bigotry that is learned uh, and is taught. And if we know anything about Bester, we know that as much as he protests and says he's a good, kind man, he's anything but that. Everything he did with Garibaldi is the most sadistic thing he could have done. Uh, and But Lauren also flushes out Bryce... Not just because he's one day, but because he hurt the family. Retribution. All comes down to retribution. Uh, Bryce killed Chen. And this is actually pointed out when Zack tries to console Bester and Lauren over the death of their you know, friend. They're like, we, we don't want crocodile tears. We don't want pity. Uh, you know, that's the thing. is when you lose someone very close to you, you're not looking for pity. You're not looking for remorse. Especially if you lose that family in an unjust way, you want retribution. And because the psychor implants this idea of family, superiority, together, mother, father, all that jazz, retribution is what comes to mind first. So she flushes the mundane out. After all, what's the matter? Only a mundane. Who gives a shit? Um, it's a fascinating little episode. Uh, this episode is. It's... It's very classic in its way, and it's um, well-structured. It's only got one major problem, uh, which is when Bester puts two and two together that Jonathan has um, a multiple personality disorder. Um, he keeps having them replay the video uh, where he shouts, He is angry! He said, he said the stop! Um, he does it three times. There's no need for that. Uh, that feels like Jameis not trusting the audience to get it, and it just feels off. He did the same thing with Sheridan repeating the message. I think he was, uh, messages from Earth, if I'm, I could be wrong on that. But it was in season three during the, the big independent arc. And, uh, it's a cliche within of itself. I've seen a lot of other things do it, and I, it feels not only superfluous, but it feels like treating the audience like an idiot. 
but that is ultimately the only major problem with this episode. It is nice, it's simple, it's easy, and has a great insight into Bester. And this being Bester's last episode, it essentially, uh, in a very twisted way, Bester is the villain that got what he wanted. He has an oncoming war between the telepaths and mundanes. He has everything he wants. He has his lover secured away. Um, he, you know, he's uh, he's a revered hero in the Psychor annals of history. Um, over the course of this series, he's essentially never lost. Uh, and this kind of confirms that, you know, everything's hunky-dory for him. We would have seen him again in Crusade, which it takes place after the Telepath War, in which he's on the run uh, and is being persecuted for war crimes. Uh, but uh, that episode uh, never got made because uh, Crusade was, of course, canceled before the first episode even aired. So um, if you want to know what happened to him you know, afterwards, you can read uh, the uh, Psycho Trilogy of books. The third book goes into a great detail of his uh, of what he does after the series ends. Uh, and ultimately, he does get his comeuppance. But the thing is, is that within the context of the show itself, really, ultimately, the only a a definitive bad guy, villain, that is Bester, you know... Uh, it, he's the only one that gets away with everything and ultimately gets a slap on his wrist and gets to go back to normal. And I think that's the point of this episode. Normally he's at the fill out the runtime, obviously because of the, the crunch from last season and JMS even admits that there was some pacing issues in this season, but it also just demonstrates that Vester is able to just go along with his life. Everything's all hunky-dory for him. Everything's normal. Of course, the telepath war is going to set that all off uh, and you know, Lita's already got a growing resentment against the Psychor, and she's the most powerful telepath in the world. So, you know, things aren't exactly looking great, but they're still okay. And uh, I think that is the ultimate point of this episode, is Bester got what he wanted. Uh, and that is a tragedy, because as much as we love him, because we hate him, he's one of those love-to-hate-him characters. He's an absolute asshole. He's a dick, and he deserves to be punched 20 billion times. He's a horrible, horrible, horrible human being. But he got exactly what he wanted. And this is sort of a day in his life to say, hey, I got a scot-free. Anyway, I shall see you next time. Till then, bye.